This is episode 10 of Transform with Yayati, with the author of the Go-Giver book series, Bob Berg. Welcome to Transform with Yayati. My name is Yayati Desai and I'm going to be your host for this show. I'm a coach and a speaker. I love coaching and helping people. My mission in life is to transform lives. Each week, I bring an inspiring person or message to transform your life and help you live the life of your dreams. Bob Berg is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing and influence, with the total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, itself has sold over 925,000 copies and it has been translated into 28 languages. His and John's newest parable in the Go-Giver series is the Go-Giver Influencer. He is also the host of the Go-Giver podcast. So please join me in welcoming Bob Berg. Hi Bob, welcome to Transform with Yayati. Hey, it's so great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be on this show. I read your book around two years back and it was an amazing one, The Go-Giver. So let's begin with uh, you introducing yourself in, uh, in, in your own way. So Bob is the author of uh, two, many, many books and uh, co-author of The Go-Giver book series. But apart from, so where did this idea come from, Bob, of writing The Go-Giver book series? Well, I had a book out years ago called Endless Referrals, yes. and the subtitle was Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales. It was for salespeople and entrepreneurs, anyone who had a, a business or a product or service that they felt good about, they knew it brought value to the marketplace, to other people, but they maybe didn't feel comfortable in the process of going out and building relationships and introducing, you know, getting to know people, getting people to know them. So it was really a how-to book on how to very comfortably uh, cultivate relationships with people in a very comfortable way, hmm. uh, a way comfortable for both the salesperson and for their prospective customers. Yes. And um, hmm. it was based on a premise that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And so, uh, you know, it was, a, again, a, a, a how-to book, a traditional book. And through the years, though, I'd always read parables, uh, starting with The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino, and The Richest Man in Babylon by Klassen, and, and uh, you know, through the 70s, 80s, uh, uh, The One-Minute Manager in that series with Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson. And there were a lot of great parables. And I always found them just inspiring to read and you could do it quickly. And and I think stories really connect on a heart-to-heart level, even more than how-to books. I mean, there's a, both both genres are needed. Hmm. But I just always thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could take the basic message from Endless Referrals and put it into parable form? So I thought, well, in titling this parable, what is the the basic, uh, uh, I guess, the essence of a person who is able to both quickly and sustainably cultivate those know, like, and trust relationships? And what it comes down to is they're always giving. They're giving value to everyone they meet. One way or another, their focus 
is on bringing value to others. And so we named it The Go-Giver as a, a title. Now, I asked John David Mann, who was the editor-in-chief of a magazine I used to write for, if he would uh, co-author it because he's a wonderful storyteller. Again, I'm more of a how-to mm. author. Uh, and there's a big difference, right? And I knew I couldn't do justice to, to what I thought the story could be. So I asked John and thankfully he agreed. And uh, so we got together and collaborated on, on that. And that's, that's really how it, it, it came about. Wonderful. So can you t t talk to me about the five laws, the five stratospheric laws of success, which are outlined in the book? Oh, absolutely. And those are based on, on a premise. The basic premise of the go-giver is simply that shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that not only is that a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. Not for any kind of way out there reasons, but very logical, practical, rational reasons. When you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on making the lives of others better, people feel good about you, right? And they want to get to know you. They begin to like you. They, they come to trust you. They want to be a part of your life. They want to be a, a part of your uh, business. You know, I often say when I, when I speak at a, a sales conference, I'll, I'll begin by saying, you know, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Right. And we all laugh because we know no one's going to buy from us, you know, for that reason. They're going to buy for their reasons. They're going to buy because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so, which is very legitimate. That's the only reason why they should buy. So when that salesperson can really place their focus on that other person, they create the circumstances, they create the context for that person to, to feel much better about buying from them. So, so yes, it's based on five laws, the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. And the first law, the law of value, is all about providing such a wonderful experience for that other person. Now, this actually starts before the sale ever happens. It's from the mm -hmm. moment you meet that person, whether it's an inbound connection or outbound, or you meet them in person at a local uh, event, or wherever it happens, from the moment you meet that person, through the relationship building process, through the follow-up and follow-through, through the sales process, through the, the uh, referral gathering process, and all, it's, it's always bringing such a great experience to that person um, that it really uh, separates you and distinguishes you from your competition and also allows you to sell on a higher price because you're providing so much additional value. And in today's day where technology has really leveled off the playing field, not just technology in terms of the internet, but just technology in terms of the knowledge you know, we all have at this point in making mm. products and services. Those products and services are pretty good. They're pretty much the same. There's no real significant difference. So if a, if a potential customer cannot distinguish between any two or more products or services or salespeople, it's always going to come down to who has the lowest price. And trying to sell on low price is not a, a good way to do business. You know, it, it's certainly mm. not productive. It's not profitable. It's not fun. And it's also not sustainable. 
right? So when you sell on low price, you're seen as a commodity. When you sell on high value, you're a resource. And that's what the law of value is, is all about. Uh, law number two is the law of compensation. This says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So while law number one is all about the value you're providing, law number two says the more people you can, uh, you can provide that exceptional value to, obviously the more money with which you'll be rewarded. And of course, referrals and introductions are a wonderful way to be able hmm. to uh, place yourself in front of more people because with referred prospects, uh, it's easier to set the appointment. Obviously, you're going in on borrowed influence. Uh, with referred prospects, you can sell on high value rather than low price because, again, that borrowed influence or trust, they already know you're mm. a person worthy of seeing. Uh, also, with a referred prospect, it's much easier to complete the sale. Why? Well, that's borrowed trust or what we call vicarious experience. Uh, no, this person hasn't done business with you personally, but someone who they know, like, and trust has said, this is the person you want to do business with. Mm. Their product mm. or service is great. They're going to take great care of you. They're going to place your interest first. They're going to make sure you are happy. And then, of course, a, a great benefit of a referred prospect is since that's how they met you, it's so much more a natural part of the process for them to refer you to others. So where law number one is kind of represents your potential income, the value you provide, law number two is all about your, that's, that represents your actual income because it's all about the impact you have on many mm. people's lives. Now, law number three is the law of influence. And this one says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests First. Now, you know, this sounds counterintuitive when you first hear it, but you think about it, mm. the greatest leaders you know, the top influencers, the, the most profitable salespeople, this is simply how they run their lives and they conduct their businesses. They're always looking out for the other person and making their lives better. Now, let me, if I may, uh, let me qualify that. When we say place the other person's interests first, we certainly don't mean uh, you should be a, you know, anyone's doormat for them to step on, right? We don't mean you should be mm. a martyr. We don't mean you should be self-sacrificial. That No, that's not what we mean at all. It's, it's just that as Joe, the protege in the story, learned from several of the mentors, and as you and I were discussing earlier, the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, as you know, there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you in others than by genuinely and authentically moving from that I focus or me focus to that mm. other focus, looking for ways to, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story told Joe, to make your win all about the other person's win. And mm. as you do that, and you do this constantly and consistently, and you develop a reputation in your marketplace for doing that, you will become that go-to person. You'll become that center of influence. You'll have so many people who want to be your, what we call, personal walking ambassadors. Mm. Now, law number four is the law of authenticity. 
And this one says you're the, the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And really what this means, and, and Deborah, one of the uh, mentors in the story, she explained, she shared a very important lesson she learned, uh, which was that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are indeed very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. Now, when you do, when you show up as yourself, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, well, people feel very comfortable. They feel good about you. They feel safe with you. Uh, they do know you. They like you. They love you. They trust you. They're much more likely to want to be a part of your life, to want to be a part of, of your business. So it's very important that we show up authentically. And to do that, we've really got to understand and embrace the value we bring to the table, our strengths. Uh, you know, as human beings, I think we have two types of value. We have intrinsic value, which is just by being a person, we have value. But we also have what I call market value. And I define market value as that combination of strengths, traits, talents, and characteristics that allow a person to bring value to others in such a way that they will be rewarded for it. Now, we all have different types of strengths. We all have different uh, types of, of uh, talents. And you know, some of these come kind of naturally, but we can develop them and work at them and become, but it's very important that we understand what these are. And sometimes as human beings, it's difficult because we sort of see the world through our own eyes and we tend to undervalue some of those yes. real great strengths. That we just think, well, everybody can do that, but that's not necessarily true. And, and this is also why some people will undercharge. They'll sell themselves short or they'll let people, they'll allow people to be able to negotiate their price when they really shouldn't. And it's because they don't have that, you know, that self-confidence. They're, they're in really understanding what they bring to the table. So it's, it's very important. Uh, when we understand our strengths and our weaknesses too, and some weaknesses we, you know, we need to mitigate and others we need to change into strengths. But in this case, when we're talking about strengths, when we are able to lead with our strengths, that's when we're able to really be authentic. Mm. Um, and law number five is really, you know, this kind of brings it all together. It's the law of receptivity. And this says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And, you know, the best way to explain that is just like we breathe out, we also have to breathe in. We can't do one or the other. And we had that in the story, you know, about Joe and mm. Pindar asking them to, him to hold the outgoing breath. And, and Joe couldn't that, right? And, and Pindar, well, just yes. can't, isn't it, can't you do just one or the other? No, you've got to do both. And we breathe mm. out, we breathe in, we breathe out carbon dioxide, we breathe in oxygen, we breathe out, oxygen. which is giving, and we breathe in, which is receiving. And, and that's really, mm. you know, and but we get these messages from the world around us, uh, very negative messages in, in terms of money and prosperity and wealth. And, you know, you think, oh, uh, only bad people, you know, you hear all these are bad people are rich and good people are poor and horrible, horrible messages. And on an unconscious level, since we hear them from, you know, upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, and right, you start to believe that. And again, most dangerously on an unconscious level. And it's easy mm. to believe that, you know, you're either a giver or a receiver. No, 
You're both. You're a giver wow. and a and receiver. Now, you realize, of course, that the way life works, the giving is first. The giving mm. is the focus. You're focused on giving or bringing immense value to others. And then you allow yourself to receive. See, this is why John David Mann and I say that money is an echo of value. Value, yes. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means the, the, the giving comes first. The focus must be on the giving. And then when that happens, you create the what we call the benevolent context for the receiving. And you've got to be willing to receive. How does one become even more receptive? Because it's, especially in the Indian context, there is this thing that it's always good to be a giver and not to receive much. So what would you say to someone who has that mindset? Even I have uh, a little bit of that. Oh, and I had it too. And, and I mean, I, I don't think it's just an Indian thing. I mean, I really think this is worldwide because, yes. you know, I'll, I'll be talking to people all over the world about this and they say it's the same thing in there. And mm. I know it's the same thing with us. And, <laughs> and, and here's really the answer because it's a worldwide thing. I mean, I think it's one of those things that is just, it's always been there, mm. you know? And, and uh, so here's, here's what I believe the answer is. Make a study of prosperity. Mm -hmm. and, I'll, and, and, and I'll explain why. Because we get all these negative messages from the world around us about money, about lack, about prosperity, about this, about that. Uh, people like Randy Gage, uh, who has the Prosperity blog and Prosperity TV, just, you know, he does blog posts and, and TV show or uh, uh, internet shows and, and uh, he has books on this. I mean, just magnificent information but, but you know what he talks about more than anything it's not about how to make money it's about the mindset hmm. it's about dispelling these myths and questioning your premises so like when someone says well well but it's 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 righteous to give but it's evil to receive but why hmm. why i mean who who said that um why did they say it who did they hear that from how does that work for because obviously if, if no one's receiving no one can be given. True. Right? It, you know, it would be like the ocean coming in, the tide coming in, but not going out. It can't. You, we, life is about both. Mm. And, and life is cyclical. Life is, you know. And so someone like Randy, uh, to, to study his, his uh, materials. Uh, people like um, uh, David Nagel, N-E-A-G-L-E, -E, The Millionaire Within. Wonderful book. Uh, people like uh, Ellen Rogan, who's a financial advisor, who, when she taught, she wrote a book and, and, and said, um, but, and again, she's talking about mindset as much as she's talking about actual investing. I'll tell you a great book I, I read. This is one of the best I ever read on mindset. It's called Happy Money, and it's by Ken Honda, who is known as Japan's uh, leading prosperity expert. Uh, and it's just a magnificent, magnificent book. I interviewed him on my uh, podcast when I, when I had it. Uh, and it's just, a, just talk, goes through the whole thing about the mindset. And they, because what, they have the same, that kind of thing in Japan. He'll say yes. the same thing in Japan, right? And so it really, we need to make that study hmm. and, 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 and learn abundance. Because all the other, the garbage comes in naturally everywhere. So True. we need to, to, to focus on bringing the good stuff, the prosperity mm. mindset into our mind. Mm.
Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Now, the word mindset, whether it's business success, whether it's financial success, whether it's personal success, it comes in. Like It's like the foundation. So how would you define mindset? And what are, what are some of the mindsets that the most successful people have? So that's a great question. So the mindset is really about, and, and we can take it literally, mindset. What is the set point of our mind? Where is our mind set? Is our mind set on looking at, at, at the good of what happens? Uh, is it living in gratitude for all the good things? Which doesn't mean, by the way, that we don't acknowledge the truth uh, with the current coronavirus issue that we have. No one's saying, well, just ignore it. That would be silly. That would be hard. It would be silly. It would be tragic. Mm. Okay. Um, and, and, and no, we need to know what it is. We need to know what we should be doing. We need to know how we can deal with it. And we can also say, okay, what can we do? Can we take the time that we're now in our homes to connect better with our family? Can we read more? Can we watch, you know, fortune? we've got all you know the internet right and so we can watch all these great videos we can also and and, and so forth uh, so I think part of mindset is living in gratitude a state of gratitude always looking for what we're grateful for because there's so much out there and so many people suffering hmm. uh, you know and, and and sometimes we can be here and say oh God, this is inconvenient oh well let's be grateful that we have a lot of conveniences that yes. others don't have. You know, uh, if we're talking about mindset regarding, you know, money, again, how do we feel about money? Ken Honda and Randy Gage, again, do such a great job with that. What, what's your feeling when you see someone who has a, a huge mansion, do you say, oh, I wonder what they had to do to get that? Or do you say, wow, I wonder how many people they had to serve mm. with their product or service in order to earn the money to afford that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's mindset. It's where our mind is, is set. Uh, David Nagel talks about a prosperity set point, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're only going to be able to receive as much as we feel we deserve mm. to receive. Okay, so all that is absolutely so important. That's why I suggest making a study of prosperity. Yeah. Mm. I think the last point that you mentioned about feeling that deservability most people have this notion of I am not enough. Right. And so I think the answer would be the same that you need to just start feeling enough by studying and by being more grateful. Or is there something that you'd like to add? Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it is. How, instead of why I'm not enough, how about how am I enough? <laughs> what are the good things that I bring? And, and again, with the law of authenticity, remember with Deborah in the story, she had to realize what she brought to the table. It was herself. It was her ability to be friends with someone. It was her ability to make people feel good about themselves. It was the ability to, to inspire. It was the ability, and different people have different, you know, again, um, types of value that they, that they bring, strong points. It's very easy to compare ourselves to others. And there's always someone who's going to be better at something than we are. Absolutely. Uh, we also remember, we look at people, and especially you see on social media, people posting these pictures of all these great things they're doing and how good they look and all their successes. So in a sense, we're looking at other people's highlight reels hmm. and we're seeing our blooper tapes. 
<laughs> you know, our, our mistakes. And I do it too. I think we all do. And it's something we need to stay conscious. It came about. Hmm. Wonderful. It came about. What do you think is the role of a mentor and how do people find mentors? Because it's one thing to read a book, but do you think having a physical mentor or having a mentor in your life is really important? And if yes, then how do people find if someone listening to this show right now is thinking that, hey, great book, great insights. But how do I find my five or six mentors like it's there in the book? How do I find my Pindar? What do you have to say to that? Well, I think having a mentor is great when you can have one because a mentor will help cut your learning curve. Mm. You know, it's someone with a lot more experience, someone who's been there, done that, as we say, and someone who, you know, if they can pass some of that along, it's certainly going to be, you know, very, very helpful. In terms of finding a mentor, I think it's, you know, it's a matter not so much necessarily of just, you know, saying to someone, hey, will you be my mentor? Especially when people do that when they don't have a relationship with that person. It may come across as entitled or it may come across is not right but i think you can anyone who you uh admire or respect you know you can easily say to that per you can ask if you could ask them one or two very specific questions you know where you could say to this person hey i, I know you're very busy your time's very valuable if this is not something appropriate or something you'd like to do i totally understand i'm wondering if i might ask you one or two very specific questions and when you ask that way first you're letting them know you respect the process, you respect their time, you don't feel entitled to it, okay? You're also giving them the out or back door. You're letting them know right off the bat if this is something that you're not, you know, I totally understand, right? And when, when you give people an out like that, a back door, they tend to not feel the need to take it, Correct. right? Because you're making them feel very comfortable. But here's what you also did. You, you let them know you'd like to ask them one or two very specific questions. So they understand you're a serious person. You're not going to waste their time. You're not just going to pick their brain. You're not going to just, you know, um, and so they, they respect that. And most successful people, again, not all, but it doesn't have to be all, but most successful people will be glad to answer one or two specific questions. Now, when you meet with this person, whether it's on the phone or in person or online, what have you, make sure you've researched that person so that you don't ask something that you could have easily found out just on by, the internet. by research. Um, and then, you know, add, uh, make sure you, you don't take up any more of their time than necessary. Express your, your immense gratitude. Let them know you look forward to applying that information and you'll keep in touch and let them know. Then I would send that day a personalized handwritten note of thanks to that person. Um, and it, it doesn't, it shouldn't be a long note, just simply uh, dear Mr. or Ms. You know, their name. Mm. Thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy schedule to answer my questions. Your wisdom is, you know, is priceless. I look forward to applying it right away. And again, I'll keep in touch and let you know how things are working out. Best regard, so and so. Now, another thing you could do, if you wanted to, is you could, you know, you could uh, again, you can search online for this and just discover what their favorite charity or favorite cause is, mm. and make a very a small donate. Doesn't have to be anything big if you don't have a lot of money. Just a very small donation in their name, maybe to a uh, the animal protection fund or the, uh, you know, we have the uh, uh, humane shelter, you know, the local humane shelter, animal shelter. Mm. So you make a, a small do- if and if that's their cause you make a small donation in their name because they will be notified of it now you're not doing it to uh, uh 
you know, in a phony way, but you Genuinely. want them to, to know that you respect the process, mm. that you thank them, that you appreciate them, and that you took the time to discover what's important to them and valuable to them, and that you made a donation. You know, now you can maybe a few weeks later, you, you uh, let them know, you know, give them an update as far as how things are going. Maybe you have another question, or, and in time, if a if a mentor protege relationship is supposed to develop, it will. And if not, it won't. Some, some people, it's going to be one time you meet with them. Other times it's going to be uh, several times. Other times you might meet someone who you, is a true, you, you never know. So what I would suggest is just make sure you're not attached to the idea of having to have any one particular person mm. as your mentor and just kind of, let life go with you know as it goes make the effort and then you know go with it Wonderful. the name of my podcast is transform with yayati what according to you is transformation how do you see transformation yeah i think it's it's when you move from from one aspect of yourself hmm. to another to a higher aspect of yourself you know wallace d waddles and his remarkable book, um, The rich. Science of Getting Rich, written in 1910, which again is just another great book for people to get. You know, he talked about it being uh, nature to transform. So in uh, an organism, when they have begin to add too much value to the world, what he called being too big for their present place, they mm. evolve into a higher uh, version yes. of that. Okay, and I, and I think it's the same as human beings. We continue to evolve into a better, higher, more authentic version of, our, mm. of ourselves. We do this through working on ourselves. We do it through reading and studying and mentorship and applying and action and doing the things that we need to do. And we transform from one aspect of our life from, from to another. Now, you know, we know that our cells get replaced. I think it's either every two years or seven years or whatever. I, I hear different things. But again, we're transforming in a sense into an entirely different person physically. Well, we can transform into another person emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, Physically, you know, all those, all those different things. That's what transformation means to me. Thank you. Thank you. And Bob, I, I, I'm My curious pleasure. that what are you curious in, about right now and what are you learning these days? Well, I'm always uh, learning and always, always reading um, a book. I'm, I'm halfway through. It's actually my second read through because I read his original version. Uh, it's called Principles by Ray Halios. And uh, it's yes. really, to me, it's an amazing look at life from a, a man who is just a very, very successful person. Uh, so I'm very mm. impressed with this. Also rereading another booklet I haven't read for a while called Conquer Anxiety and Frustration by Vernon Howard. It's just a, he wrote about, I don't know, 15, 10 book, books, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but this was a little booklet he wrote on, on anxiety and frustration and, uh, and you know, and so, uh, I mean, I, you know, so I'm, I'm always reading. I'm always, uh, you know, you can see from the books behind me and that's a small part of my library. Uh, there's always something to learn and be curious about. Okay. And Bob, what inspires you to do what you do? Why do you have so much enthusiasm? Like, I think you're 62. I researched a little bit. You're 62 right now. Still, you have the energy yeah. of a 25-year-old. Where does all that come from? Um, 
I think I, I feel I have a contribution to make. I, and I think that's not just me. I think most of humanity is like that. You know, sometimes we haven't found that thing or discovered what it is we have to contribute, or we don't know that that's an option to live our lives that mm -hmm. way. But I think when we know this and we understand it and we can look for what we can do to bring value to the world and serve a higher purpose than just ourselves, uh, we get excited about what we're doing. Again, it's human nature. We really want to be a part of something. We want to make a difference. And I guess with, with what I speak on and write about, I feel that's my way of being able to do that. And so, but it's not self-sacrificial of me. I love mm. it. I enjoy it. I, I derive great joy from doing it. Okay, wonderful. And what's one or two habits which you attribute your success to? I would say that probably I'm teachable, that, you know, that I'm, I'm smart enough to know I'm not that smart. Mm. And that, you know, there are people that know a lot more than I know, and I'm willing to learn from them. Also, it's that I, I have an ability to surround myself with people whose strengths are my weaknesses. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, it's sort of like a puzzle. So what I'm not good at, I tend to, to be able to, you know, bring onto my team those people who, who are able to be strong mm. in that, that regard. Okay. Well, dear, your other book, The Go-Giver Influencer, it also has five major points. But what, what according yeah. to you, is influence? Well, influence itself, uh, you know, and we can look at it in a, on a, a very surface level and a deeper level, and let's do that. On a, 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 on a surface level, I mean, a very basic level, we can define influence as simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific mm -hmm. goal. By definition, that is influence. That's the definition, but it's not its substance or its essence, if you will. The essence of influence is pull. Mm -hmm. Pull as opposed to push. Uh, there's an old saying in leadership circles, how far can you push a rope? And the answer is not, not very much. far at all. <laughs> at least not very fast or very effectively, uh, I guess, over time. But, um, but that's why great influencers don't don't push. Uh, great influencers pull. They understand that pull is an attraction. We attract people first to ourselves and only then to our mm. ideas. So now taking it deeper, we've got to ask the question, how does, a, how does someone pull, right? How does a genuine influencer, how do you pull? Well, you tap into, again, another very basic element of human nature. And I thought that Dale Carnegie in his classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People, pointed this out beautifully when he said that ultimately people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So the great influencer, the genuine influencer, ask themselves questions first to make sure their focus is correct. They ask, how, how does what I'm asking this person to do how does it align with their goals, right? With their needs, their wants, their desires. How does what I'm asking this, how does what I want this other person to do, how does it align with their values? What problems am I helping them to solve? How am I making their life better, more fulfilling, what have you? 
when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully, intelligently, um, genuinely, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another person right. into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the mm. process, now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment to our ideas. That's pull, as opposed to trying to depend on some type of compliance, which is push, push and very seldom sustainable. Mm. Excellent. Thank you. Well, Bob, we're coming towards the end of the interview, but uh, I'd like to ask you one thing. That is there anything that I should have asked but have not yet asked you and you want to address it? No, I think you've done a wonderful job. It's just been so enjoyable uh, speaking with you. You sound like you've been interviewing people for a long, long time. Yes. Because you're very good Thank at it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, My pleasure. If you had the opportunity to include three books in the curriculum of schools worldwide, which would have which would help them become more successful personally and professionally and basically have a holistic success and not just one aspect successful, either in business or in personal yeah. life. Which would those three books be and why? So they would be books that have to do with teaching people how to think, not what mm -hmm. to think. So the first one would actually be a book called The Secret of Selling Anything which doesn't sound like that type of book, but it really is. It was actually, it was named by the publisher. It was, it was published after the author uh, passed away. Uh, the person that, his name is Harry Brown, B-R-O-W-N-E, actually wrote these back in the 60s, never intending for it to be published. He was doing sales training, you know, within his mm -hmm. company. And, and, but here's what the book is really about. It's about understanding human nature. And it's about, respecting human nature it's about understanding and dealing within truths mm. because successful people deal in truths they they don't uh they don't look at something and say oh i wish it was like this so i'm going to ignore the truth that would be like jump uh you know walking off a seven-story building and saying oh i'm going to make believe gravity doesn't exist mm. right no, they deal in truth. Now, they then once they understand and deal within these truths, now they're in a position to change things and may and advance the world, right? Uh, transform, right? Uh, uh, to something better. But they start with truth. So I, I like that one very, very much. Uh, I think the book, The Science of, of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles would be a great book for kids to read because I want kids having a prosperity mm. mindset you know i want them to see and he makes no bones about the fact that money allows you the freedom to do the things you want that connect with your values okay so it's not a matter of just acquiring things that's fine too there's nothing wrong mm. with that but it's not just acquiring things if you just did that life would be pretty shallow it's a matter of continuing to acquire knowledge it's continuing to be able to develop relationships and being able to, to support others and give to charity. It's about being able to live life according, again, to your values, which is much easier to mm. do when you have money than when you don't. Right. Um, a third book, perhaps this one, it's a long one. It would take a whole semester, but Tools of Titans by Tim Fer Ferriss. This would be great because what he did is he interviewed a whole bunch of very, very, very successful people. 
and he did it in terms of uh, you know health and wealth and wisdom and uh, wow I mean there's everything in this book that can prepare a person to live a very successful life so if I had to name three those would probably be three really good ones wonderful and it is my intention to convert this podcast into a book as well in a couple of months from now. So that's the idea behind Transform with Yayati. So, Bob, thank you so much. And I just, I just have one, I just noticed one thing and I just wanted to ask you one last question. And that is, is there anything special about the color purple or the violet that you're wearing? Because it's there on the book cover, it's there on your shirt right now. Is, is, there, is there any secret sauce behind it? Um... No, the, the publisher actually came up with the purple cover for the book. Uh, and one of my dear friends, Kathy, just thinks I look good in purple. So, you know, she got me this shirt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bob. It was a pleasure interviewing you. It was a pleasure to gain insights from your wonderful experience uh, spanning over 30, 40 years. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm sure people who are listening to this will also get tremendous value out of whatever you shared. And you've shared a lot. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. I pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me with you. Thank, thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you know someone inspiring and successful, please pass them on to me. I'd love to interview them and share their story. If you want to get coached to create the life of your dreams, connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Yayati Desai. That is Y-A-Y-A-T-I-D-E-S-A-I. You can also connect with me on my website at yayatidesai.com. Thanks once again for listening. Until next time, do something awesome.